Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. today. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. It's a teacher. Mercy that's a keeper. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Revelation 3. Revelation 3. We're going to read verses 11 and 12. While you're turning there, I want to say how much of a privilege and an honor that it is to be here. This great church landmark. We love and appreciate every one of you. Give honor to your pastor today. Love him so much. Words fail me. What a great man of God. You have the lead. Aren't you thankful for your pastor this morning? Love Sister Calhoun. Love his family. Love Sister Chanel. I am very thankful to be connected with good people. My dad, every Bible that he gets, matter of fact, he bought me a Thompson chain when I quit running from God and accepted a call to preach. And he writes in his Bibles and wrote in the front of mine, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future, your direction. And I'm thankful today for good godly people. Aren't you thankful for good godly leaders? Give honor to my beautiful wife, my lovely bride. So thankful to have her with me. I uh, truly, I truly got better than I deserve. And all you regular customers, all the saints, good to have you here. Humbled in your presence. All of our guests, we're thankful you've come this morning. We want you to feel welcome. But more importantly, we want you to feel the presence of God. Are you ready to get in the Word today? Revelation 3 and 11, the Bible says, Behold, I come quickly. Jesus is still coming back. We uh, sometimes put it in the back of our minds. But really, especially if you pay attention to what's unfolding around us, it ought to be on the forefront of your mind. This world is going to burn up with a fervent heat. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast. That no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God. And the name of the city of my God which is New Jerusalem. Which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. I want to preach today for just a little while on this subject. The paradox of pillars. The paradox of of pillars. Would you lift up your hands and let's ask the Holy Ghost to speak to us this morning. Oh Jesus. Come on, would you pray with me this morning? Come on, why don't you stretch your hands to me? I'm going to stretch my hands to you. Let's pray that the Holy Ghost 
would anoint the remainder of this service. God, anoint my voice. Lord, anoint my mind. Anoint this congregation. I feel an urgency in here today. Could we spend a moment together in prayer? Move today, Lord. Move today. Praise God. Praise God. Let's give him a hand clap of praise together. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify you. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. The paradox of pillars. If you live for God any amount of time, you're going to go through trouble. You're going to go through trials and tests and storms. Heartache and pain. You're going to struggle. It's very easy during those times in our humanity and our flesh. Something I've learned is that we can justify just about anything. We can justify just about anything. And uh, very easy for us to justify excuses and reasons for walking away from God. But the more I read His Word, the more I search into it and look around, the more I realize that we have no excuse not to make it in this walk with Jesus. It's not really something to compare our experiences because regardless of your excuse, regardless of your reasons, there's going to be things happen to us in life that are terrible. Things that are not fair, not just, not right. And if we're not careful, it's in those times of questioning, those times of trials where we can question the Lord and doubt His love for us. can ask ourselves if it's really worth it to keep doing right. I don't know every situation represented here this morning. But what I do know is that every single one of us here today are going to stand before God at the judgment seat with people with men and women, young and old, who have went through trial after trial. People that have went through extraordinary loss and heartache and pain. And yet they remain faithful. I want to be faithful. God has given us every tool that we need to make it in this walk with Him. There are so many avenues of strength. So many avenues of help that ex- that is extended to us. And I want to talk about a few of those today. In the book of Psalms, the Bible tells us that His Word is a lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. It is a road map. It's a treasure that if you follow it, you can find salvation. You can find blessing. You can find favor. You can find everything that you need. The end of time when we all meet that appointment that no one can escape except the Lord tarry with death. One of these days we're going to stand before God and we're going to be judged by His Holy Word. That's why you've got to live your life according to what the Bible says. And if you live your life according to God's Holy Scripture, it will keep you. It will sustain you. If you read it and apply it to your life, there's nothing you can go through that can cause you to be taken out of the church. There's no trial that can cause you to walk away. 
There's no wound that can fester and destroy the inside of your spirit. There's no idol that you can get distracted by. No false doctrine that can turn you away if you stay steeped in the Word of God. That's why we've got to be a people that study the Word. That's why we've got to be a people that come to church and hear the Word of God preached. That's why you want a preacher to stand up and declare to you, Thus saith the Word of the Lord. There's a whole lot of preachers Come on in this area that'll, They'll tell you whatever you want to hear As long as you write them a tie check But I'm thankful today in this church you got a man of God that loves you enough To stand and preach to you The unadulterated word of God Aren't you thankful for the word today? Praise God This world This word will keep you in a world of sin God's left us so many things. If that was not enough, He left us the Holy Ghost. And if you're here today and you've never received this wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost, you need to receive it today. You need to receive that comforter that was prophesied of in the Old Testament that God would come and pour out His Spirit upon all flesh that the infilling of the Holy Ghost would come and the sign would be speaking in an unknown tongue, a heavenly language. When you repent, Repent of your sins. Go down in the water. Buried with Him in baptism in Jesus' name. And you're filled with His Spirit. God washes you. God makes you new. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. you got a new nature. A fresh start. It's the Holy Ghost that will help you live above sin. It's the Holy Ghost that will help teach you. It will give you balance and help you to understand the things of God. When you've got Jesus living on the inside of you, there is no greater help. I'm thankful this morning for that comforter. I'm thankful this morning for the gift of the Holy Ghost. And because of our humanity, because of weakness, there's going to be times in spite of His Word, in spite of His Spirit, where we're going to fall, we're going to struggle, we're going to go through things, we're not perfect. There's not a one of us under this, under this roof today that's never, that's never not made a mistake. None of us are perfect. None of us knows what it's like to go through life and not fall and scrape your knee. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. And if the Lord tarries, we're going to mess up again. But because of the grace, because of the mercy, and because of the blood of Jesus, there's always another chance. God's shed His blood and gave His life for us so that we could be pardoned of the debt that we owed sin. We could have access to mercy and forgiveness and grace through repentance, through a turning away of sin and that old lifestyle. There's many of us here this morning that if it had not been for the blood on our side, there's no telling where we would be. Everybody looks good today. Dressed up on your finest Sunday clothes. But if some of us only knew where God brought us from. And there's people I'm looking at here today. That you're the only one that really knows your testimony. Because you're embarrassed of what God brought you from. Some of us we come from some rough places. We've endured some rough things, but something we have in common is that same blood reached all of us. And that same blood has the ability to wash away your sin. Come on, there's no place you can go in your life that the blood can't reach. Don't believe the lie of the adversary that would tell you your sin's too flagrant, your mistake's too big. God can forgive you. His blood can reach you this morning.
And one of the most incredible avenues of help that God left his people was that of a pastor, that of a shepherd. Today I'm thankful for every man of God, every minister, every preacher, every saint, everybody who's given their life to the ministry. But I want to especially give honor today to my pastor. And I want to give honor today to your pastor because you will not be saved without preaching. You will not be saved without a man of God. If you submit yourself to him and pray for him and align yourself under his leadership and authority, God will bless you. I want to tell you the story of the horse that never was. In 1482, the Duke of Milan commissioned Leonardo da Vinci. Anybody know who that is? To build the largest horse statue in the world. The statue would stand at over 24 feet tall. Over two stories tall. This was a great undertaking. And they built this clay model. And they cast it with 80 tons of bronze. But things happened and unfortunately in 1494 King Charles invaded France and to hold off the French army the Duke of Milan he offered a bribe of Leonardo's bronze. So this great horse statue, this great feat of accomplishment was reduced to shambles. And the bronze used as bribery to hold King Charles off. They took that bronze and they made cannonballs. And they, they used it against this, this, this horse's own countryman. And the last thing that Leonardo da Vinci wrote was, I will speak of the horse no more. Saint of God, you've been placed into the molding, guiding hands of a pastor. Into the right hands, a one-time pile of clay can become something that's so beautiful. This is what happened with this statue. But in the wrong hands, that statue was reduced to nothing and used as weapons against the people that created it. Let me tell you something today. It matters the hands that mold you. It matters the hands you allow to guide you and shape you. This morning we need to understand the importance of allowing the wrong people to influence us. We got to be very careful to allow, to not allow those wrong hands to put their hands on us because that can create horrible things. This at one time beautiful statue, this, this great magnificent creation, it got in the wrong hands. And it wasn't very long until this statue was reduced to nothing. I've seen so many people that God brought them into the church. They repented of their sins, got baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And what was once just a pile of dirt with the hand of God in the church and the hand of a pastor, there was something beautiful made, beauty and holiness and righteousness. But those same people if they're not careful, they've allowed wrong hands to get on them. And at one time, what was beautiful now is a weapon of mass destruction against the people that they hold dear people that allow the wrong hands to get on them. And they allow the wrong voices to touch them. You better thank God for a pastor today. You better thank God for a preacher that loves you enough to shape you and mold you. I want to be somebody that submitted to the man of God. I want to be somebody that submitted to the godly authority placed in my life. Because if you'll allow the man of God to pray for you and lead you and guide you and mold you and shape you, there's something beautiful that can be made out of your life. And perhaps one of the most powerful influences in a man or a woman's life is that of an example. 
Bible speaks about this much. Titus 2 and 4 refers to older women teaching the younger. In Scripture, even Christ, He followed the leading and trade of His Father. An example is a powerful thing. And I want to talk to you about pillars this morning. A pillar is a column or element in architecture that transmits through compression the weight of a structure above to other structural elements below. How many know that we need pillars in the house of the Lord? I grew up in this thing as a young man growing up in church. There's so many people that come to my mind, flood my mind when I think of pillars growing up. Faithful men of God who led their families in truth, praying women that kept things together, that kept their family together, even when the hard times came. Young people that I grew up with that were examples to me that weather the storms and the temptations of the world. Every church needs pillars because if the church is going to stay standing, if the church is going to have a solid foundation, there's got to be some pillars. One responsibility of a pillar is simply this a pillar doesn't move pillars keep standing their connection to the foundation their allegiance to the foundation that foundation that stand is sure it's unmoving it's unwavering pillars know that their world is going to stand as long as they stay firmly connected to the right foundation I want you to understand today that the concept of pillars is established and given to hold up the very existence of what is when Samson was going to destroy the house of his enemy He said, take me to the pillars. Even a backslid carnal man knows that pillars are what keep things together. And yes, pillars in the enemy's house can weaken, just like they did when Samson began to push. But pillars in God's house, they can't be moved. Because their founding is in God. And we understand today that the enemy's going to attack. We understand that the enemy's going to come. But the pillars of the mighty house of God, they just keep singing that song, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. And today I want to salute the saints of the Most High God. Because when the going got tough, they just put in four-wheel drive and kept coming to church. When the rain started falling and the wind started blowing and the thunder started striking and and all of the things of life just unfolded, they pulled out an extra umbrella and kept coming to God's house. When money was tight and finances was low in the church, you just kept giving. When everybody else was walking away you stood strong when pain came you prayed harder come on when the wolves of hell come you stood and fought when the wolves came and howled you kept being an example in a pillar and today I salute the pillars I salute the elders I salute some young people that stand in this house as pillars unmoving unwavering that stand in the house of God Let me tell you something about pillars. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in here today. Pillars understand and they discover that weaknesses and challenges, sickness and pain, they don't lessen God, but rather God is magnified in strength. When our strength is gone, let me tell you what God's greatest treasure is. His greatest treasure in the universe. It's not gold. It's not silver. It's not pearl. It's not diamonds. But God... God's treasure in stock and bond. God's great wealth is found in blood-bought children who choose to be faithful. God's greatest treasure is pillars, is saints. 
keep standing. I thank God for pillars today. I thank God as a young man growing up in church. There were men and women that I looked at for examples. They went through hell. They weren't without problems. They weren't perfect. But they kept standing. Oh, God. Oh, God. I remember a woman by the name of Sister Tilly Lance. We pastored, my father pastored in Salina, Kansas for many years. And Sister Tilly Lance was a saint of God. Little old lady. Lived off a of disability. Didn't have any money. Didn't have two nickels to rub together. I remember as a young boy, I'd walk right down this aisle, right about here, and I'd stop every, every church service, and she'd give me a lifesaver. She'd give me a mint, and I remember I would look back at her and be fascinated because it could be a dead, dry service. Everything was locked up, and Sister Tilly Lance would lift up her hands, and tears would begin to roll down her face. This was a pillar. This was a woman that was close with God. This was a woman that knew how to pray and knew how to touch the throne of heaven. We need pillars. We need men and women and young people in the house of the Lord that when it's locked up, when it's dry, when the forces of hell and the forces of darkness are trying to stop what God has in store that they'll be sensitive to the Spirit and they'll pray and they'll push past their flesh and they'll get in the Holy Ghost. I can't tell you how many times my father would be preaching and it'd be quiet as a mouse. Come on! And Sister Tilly Lance would lift up her hands and she'd begin to speak in that heavenly language and I couldn't make sense of it as a young boy but all I know is that glory would fall and all I know is that heaven would come down and all I remember is there's so many times as a young man I remember those defining moments if I look back it was connected to the fact that the church I was in had pillars that the church I was in had saints of God that would get past their and get in the Holy Ghost. I wish somebody would do that right now. Come on, I wish somebody would do that right now. I wish you'd lift up your hands. I wish you'd lift up your voices. And let's begin to pray. We need pillars. God, help us. We need pillars in the church. Come on, there it is. Come on, somebody feel after the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, there's something moving in here. You want to know what we're feeling right now? We're feeling the presence of pillars. Elders, we need you. We need your presence here. We need that authority. We need that anointing. We need that surety. We need that faithfulness. Come on, I know it's Sunday morning, but could we press a little bit further? Come on, the Holy Ghost has something that He wants to do here today. Come on, lift up your voice, Zion. Let's pray. Brother Calhoun, I remember we were, we were driving around town running errands. I don't remember, it was, it was during the week. And uh, my father got a call from Sister Mary Elder. Sister Lance was Sister Elder's mother. And she said, Brother Carol, I need you to come over to Mama's house. She lived in a little trailer park. My, my dad said, what's wrong, Sister Elder? She said, Mama's, Mama's having a heart attack. She's a retired registered nurse. 
And uh, she said, Mama won't go in the ambulance until you come and pray for her. She told the EMS drivers that if she could just wait till her pastor got there, there'd be no need to load her up. And I remember as a young man, we drove through town. We left the church, drove up Schilling Road, rode over there to that trailer park. And I walked in behind my daddy in that house. She was laid out on the couch. Her face was blue. It was, it, was, it was almost like you could just feel the presence of death near. But I never forget when my daddy walked in that room and laid hands on her, the Holy Ghost fell. And all of a sudden that color came back to her face. And those, those ambulance drivers and those EMS people, they were amazed and astonished because she was having a heart attack. But let me tell you something about a pillar. A pillar has faith in the Word of God that when a preacher comes and lays hands on the sick that we can recover that we can be healed come on Jesus paid 39 stripes on his back for our healing that's the kind of man I want to be that's the kind of woman come on I want my daughter to grow up to be like that's the kind of people we need in the house of God we need pillars not one time my father later told me that she'd come up for prayer when we'd pray for her and God didn't heal her except the time he took her home. Every time we'd have a preacher, every time we'd have an evangelist, she'd come up to my daddy and give him a $20 bill and say, I want to help feed the preacher. I'm thankful today for pillars that have marked my life. Anybody have some pillars that you're thinking about today? Anybody have some people in your life that stood as examples, as witnesses? Come on, that come to your life in a season where everything was unsettled, when everything was shaking, and they stood strong. Who's been a pillar to you? Trial after trial. Storm after storm. Just trusting God. Refusing to give in to the pressure. A pillar. I want to take you to the story of Lot. Lot and his family, they lived together with Abraham in the land of Canaan. There came a point when it became time for Lot to separate from his uncle. There was strife between him and his herdsmen. And so his family, Lot, they left. They went toward Jordan. They headed eastward and placed their tent in the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose to align himself and lead his family to that wicked city, that wicked place. The Bible's not clear on the timeline. But we know that after a certain season, Lot and his family... They ended up living in Sodom. You fast forward the story. It's not too long till a war breaks out. And Abraham has to come and rescue Lot and his family. Sodom and Gomorrah was a wicked place, church. It was a filthy, vile place. This was where abomination and sin were rampant, running in the face of everything that stood for right living. This was a horrible, wicked place. This was the end of the road for Sodom and Gomorrah. This city was past the place of mercy. You know today that mercy sometimes only lasts so long. And you can't run forever. There's coming a time when you're going to have to pay the consequences for the choices that you make. Angels come to Lot and his family and they tell him that judgment's coming. And they knocked on the door. Time to get out. You better thank God, Lot, you got an uncle that's an intercessor. Because we didn't sit here to tell you 
that fire and brimstone's about to fall. Judgment's on the way to this city. And you got to get out while there's still time. Angels gave him two specific things to do. Escape the mountain and never turn around. And today I want you to go with me in your mind's eye. I can see Lot and his family running hand in hand together. The sweat dripping from their brow. It was a mixture of urgency, fear, and stress. They didn't have time to get everything they needed. All of their belongings didn't come with them. They knew that time was of the essence. Come on, in one way they were thankful for the warning. But in another way they were sad. They were grieving their ties to that city. It did its best to hold them there No doubt they could smell the smoke No doubt they heard the rustling of the wind And the crackles of the fire As fire and brimstone rained down On Sodom and Gomorrah And can you imagine today the screams That they heard Can you imagine the cries Of those that were past That place of mercy That were given no advance They had friends there They had loved ones They had people they were attached to But the angel of the Lord had told them You can't turn around. You can't look back. Everything in their nature wanted to turn around. But God said no. I often imagine what it would have felt like for Lot to be escaping this mountain. Only to feel the hand of his wife shift and she turned around. That moment when he felt her grasp loosen from his He knew it was all over for her. That instance, he knew that her disobedience had caused her to become a victim of Sodom and Gomorrah. Even though Lot and his daughters made it out, there was something in Lot's wife that couldn't let go of Sodom. And all of a sudden, she turned around. And in that moment... Lot's wife turned into a pillar. She became a pillar of salt. The word of the Lord puts it like this, church. Remember Lot's wife. A testament of what should have been a testimony of mercy. A sign to a generation that could have been a witness to a generation. And Lot's wife was a testament to Lot. Because Lot was defined by compromise. Man, it all started... With the direction that he aligned himself near that wicked place called Sodom and Gomorrah. And it ended with him sitting in the gate of Sodom. So interwoven and connected to that city. That it took the wife the life of his bride. And over time a little became a lot. Your direction here today. It determines your destiny. And I want to ask you which way are you facing this morning? Which way are you turned? People of God, this is the paradox of the pillar. Because just like there are pillars who are monuments to truth and mercy, there's also pillars who are monuments to failure. Even though there's men and women, precious saints of God that I admire, faithful young people I commend, pillars in the house of God, we also can see the other side of the pillar. We also can see the wreckage of sin. And realize the truth that when people walk away from God, 
they don't realize it, but they become a pillar as well. Hear me this morning. There's people that I love dearly at this moment. There's family that's standing like a beacon to me saying, don't ever turn around. You know you know about them today, church. There's people that once sat on these pews, men and women who prayed and interceded, who shouted and danced, young people that ran the aisles, folks that were a part of this church, but somewhere along the way they became too comfortable with Sodom. They become too entrenched in sin and it caused them to turn around. Those that have fell victim to that wolf. Those that lost everything because of those empty howls and those empty echoes. And just like the pillars of truth, their memory, the pillars, their failure stands like a pillar to us to keep praying, to keep walking with God, to keep shouting, to keep dancing, and most of all, to never turn around. You hear me this morning, Lot thought he was doing everything right. He thought he could get by living in Sodom in this city surrounded by sin. Lot never thought that his alignment to this city would cost him ones that he loved. But here's the thing about sin. You can't live around Sodom and be unaffected. You can't live your life too close to the world and Sodom's voice get in your mind and your spirit. I don't know who I'm preaching to today that's become too comfortable with Sodom. But I want to tell you that although God is a God of mercy, I wouldn't be worth my salt as an apostolic preacher, if I didn't tell you that God's also a God of judgment, a God of righteousness that's bound by His Word. The issue all began when Lot set his tent in the direction of Sodom. And eventually it was Sodom's voice that his wife couldn't get out of her mind. And it cost her her life. And it cost her her soul. And she still stands today preaching a message to those that are thinking about turning around. That if you turn around, God will make an example out of you. And you'll become a pillar. Don't listen to the voice of Sodom, young person, telling you there's life beyond the church, telling you there's things you can do and have fun and still be saved, that you can live your life your own way. I'll tell you what you need to listen to this morning. You need to listen to the voice of those whose lives and failures are pillars of salt, beckoning with you, pleading with you. Don't turn around. Keep living for God. Don't do what I've done. Hear me this morning, church. You'll either be a mind you made a mercy for an example a statue of judgment telling others not to turn around God's a wise businessman he's a wise investor and there's so many things he's got invested in all of us and God although he prefers mercy he's going to get a return out of his investment I want us to close our eyes today and begin to pray. Musicians, you can come. Come on, I feel a heaviness here this morning. Where are you, saint of God? Have you become too close to Sodom? Come on, sir. Which way are you leading your family? Come on, ma'am. What kind of example are you being? Young man, young woman. Abraham can only save you for so long, but there's coming a day. When you've got to give an account for your life. Everybody close your eyes this morning. I want you to imagine the picture of a lot's wife turning around.
and looking into a burning inferno of judgment. God will let you walk away. God will let you turn around. You've got free will, but never forget, if you're not careful, you can become some broken-hearted preacher's altar call story, and you can be a pillar. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm not turning around. I'm not turning around. I've come too far. I've been through too many things with Jesus to allow Sodom and Gomorrah to take me out. It doesn't matter what I've got to do. I want to stay close and connected to the church. I don't want to be a pillar of judgment. I want to be a pillar of truth. Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore seeing we're all so compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Today there are people that are watching you. I want to ask you a question. What kind of example are you being this morning? Everybody be seated for a moment. We're going to do something a little bit different. If you're over the age of 60, I want you to stand up to your feet. I want everybody to look around today. I want you to look at these pillars. And I know the adversary. He wants to point our mind to the fact What about all those that have walked away? What about all those that have left? What about all those that didn't love truth enough to stand? I want to point you today to some people that are making it. Some people that have stood the test of time. Matter of fact, all you elders, I want you to come to the front of this altar and stand and face this congregation. Would you come? Would you come? Come on, I wonder if we could just pray for a moment right now as they're making their way to the front of this altar. Come on, would you lift up your hands, church, and let's pray together. Don't get distracted by the pillars of judgment. Church, you're looking at pillars of truth. Because for every Simon Peter, there's a Judas. For every Timothy, there's a Demas. For every Titus, there's an Alexander the coppersmith. The distinction is repentance. These men and women, these elders, they're not perfect. But they kept living for God. Their love and dedication to God and truth is what kept them. I want you elders to just lift up your voice and tell these sitting in the pews, you can make it. Come on, I want you to tell them right now, you can make it. Come on, elders, tell them, you can make it. Let's all stand to our feet all across this house today. I wonder if there's anybody that would get with your family right now and come to this altar and make a commitment that is for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to get comfortable with Sodom. We're not going to allow the world to cause us to turn.
under the sound of my voice, would you come? Come on, I want you to get with your mom, your dad, your spouse, your family. If you don't have any family here today, there'd be somebody be glad to welcome you in and pray for you. But for the next few moments, I want us to join together in prayer that God would help us to never turn around. That God would make us pillars in the house of God. That He would make us pillars of truth, pillars of righteousness. I don't want to be a pillar of judgment. Come on, I want you elders to go find some family to pray with right now. Come on, let's join together and pray one for another right now. We can make it. We can live for God. Don't get your eyes on the pillars of judgment. Get your eyes on those that are examples.